Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, fee-only registered investment advisory firm in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a question that I, I get quite a bit. And I was asking uh, someone in our office, you know, what should we talk about this week? And uh, she said, how about when I can retire? Um, so that's going to be our theme for today's discussion. The idea of, of when, um, you know, you get this question a lot as an advisor, you know, when can I afford to retire? When should I retire? Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of variables and factors to talk about. Um, so we're going to talk about a couple of the things that you should probably be paying attention to, as well as three scenarios that might help you uh, in your thinking or maybe help having that discussion with a, a parent or a grandparent who's, you know, contemplating, you know, possibly stepping away from the workforce. And last week, I had a chance to attend the MIT uh, Age Labs planning forum. And this was a, a about 100 individuals in our, in our industry across different, uh, you know, walks of life that were really focused on the discussion of aging uh, and, you know, what it's going to take to support a community as they grow older and, you know, some working, some not. Uh, and, you know, some of those ideas around retirement of what it should look like. Um, so we're going to infuse some of those ideas around not necessarily, you know, the, the monetary decisions around retirement, but just making sure that you're making the right decision for you. Um, so, you know, when I start this discussion with clients, you know, they say, hey, I I, you know, I, someone told me I should be thinking about retirement or I'm supposed to have a plan for retirement. Uh, when can I retire? And, you know, I usually reply back with, well, when, when do you want to retire? And I, then I'll hear about, well, I don't have to, I have to wait till 65, right? Cause that's when I can get Medicare. Um, that's a pretty common response. You know, people's, uh, one of their biggest expenses tends to be healthcare. Um, and, you know, they're concerned or nervous about the idea of giving away, giving up their, Group or company health insurance before they're on Medicare. Um, so we'll talk through that a little bit. Um, second one I hear is, well, uh, full retirement for Social Security is 66 and eight months or 67 or 66 and four months. So I have to wait till that date to retire, don't I? Um, and the short answer is you don't have to do anything. You could retire early and maybe not take Social Security or you can turn Social Security on at a discount or you can you know, a lot of things you can do. So, um, you know, that's but that's another age that I hear. And then the other one I'll hear, uh, you know, for people with pension is, uh, well, I max out my pension at this age. And sometimes that age is a combination of, you know, years of service and uh, age. So, you know, maybe it's the number 85 when you add in your years of service plus your age, uh, you have to get to that magic number of 85 or 90 or whatever your system involves. So, and once again, similar to Social Security, that that's a good target, but there's no rules that say you have to stay till that date. So, um when you think about retirement, you know, also want to talk about some of the facts when it comes to deciding when the right time to retire. So if you're 55 or 57 years old, you're probably starting to think more and more about it. You know, uh, you've been in your career for a while. You're uh, starting to think about, you know, the, the next stage of life. If you're 27, 28, um, this is generally just kind of having a number to throw out there is, you know, maybe set a savings goal, say, okay, well, how much could I actually save over the next 30 or 35 years and at least give myself a chance? So if you're if you're listening to this and you're kind of in that that first bracket, you know you're probably in your late fifties or mid fifties and starting to think about you know when I can retire. Um, you have to be you know conscious of all the things that are out there. So you know if you look at statistically, um, only about eighty uh, percent of the population make it past age seventy. 
So for 20% of the people, the decision to retire isn't a decision because unfortunately they're, uh, they may pass away before they've really had an opportunity to make that decision or uh, you know, get too far into retirement. Um, the other side of this is sometimes retirement isn't voluntary. So uh, there was a new, an AARP article from 2018 that said that 56% of uh, workers um, uh, over the age of 50 lost their jobs involuntarily, either due to a medical issue or uh, a workforce change or a, a layoff or something like that. So uh, as much as we have this golden age in mind, sometimes it's out of our control. Uh, so you, you kind of... Part of what we talked about in past episodes is kind of planning for the unexpected, and that comes into it. So, um, but let's let's talk about for if you're sitting in the situation where you, maybe you've saved some, you're not sure if you have enough. Uh, you're still healthy. You're, you're you know you're still willing to work, but you're starting to think about you know when's that right time. Um, some of the things you're going to want to add into your thought process are you know your life expectancy. So you know statistically. You're 60, you've got, you know, a good chance of making, you know, one in three chance of making it to 90 or later. Um, but if you look around your family and say, well, no one's ever made it past this age. Um, although I get the statistics, I, you know, there's, there's a likelihood something might crop up and I want to make sure I've got some money saved for when I'm in my nineties, but I don't necessarily want to wait around and keep working just so I have money when I'm a hundred. Um, you want to take into consideration your health. So if you've ever had any health scares, even though you may be healthy now, maybe you've had a a past heart issue or, or blood pressure, or you've had a, you know, a cancer scare and say, well, you know what, you know, I, I'm healthy now. I want to make sure that I've got some time to enjoy those things. Um, you know, on the flip side, if you are, you know, never been sick, never been, you know, you have good family genes and everyone tends to make it to a hundred and everyone's, you know, still carrying their own golf bag into their nineties, you know, you're going to have maybe a different decision around, you know, your, your, your monetary needs. Um, the other thing to consider is your social connections. You know, I hear a lot of people that retire, um, you know, they kind of close up the, they, you know, they go to work on Friday, they have the retirement party, they get their cake, they get their watch, whatever it is. And then Monday morning, they wake up and all of a sudden they realize that, you know, all my friends and all of my social connections were at work. So now I have to start thinking about, um, you know, who am I going to talk to? Who am I going to have lunch with? Who am I going to hang out with? So, um, you know, you start thinking about those social connections is, you know, uh, what's going to be the next stage of my retirement? Or if I, when I'm ready to retire, am I retiring to people and a group of people I want to spend time with, or am I retiring away from a job? Um, and hopefully it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the former. You always want to make sure you're retiring to something. Um, and then the last thing is that mental challenges, you know, I think people underestimate, you know, how much, uh, uh, you know, mental capacity is is earned by staying engaged in something. And it doesn't have to be your job that you've had for the last 35 years, but, um, you know, it's not uncommon for people when they step away from jobs, you know, to kind of start start using their brain a little bit less, which may put, you know, uh, you know more pressure on, you know, the other areas of aging that might come a little bit quicker. So, you know, as we talk to clients about, you know, when that right time is, we want to make sure not just that they have enough money, but also they've thought through, what am I going to do next? Um, and if I have a plan on retiring too, then I'm going to be more excited about kind of setting that date. If I'm retiring into the unknown, it tends to drag on a little bit or be pushed off because they're, they're not sure what's going to be on the other side. So let's talk through three scenarios. And we'll talk about the numbers. We'll talk about the emotions that come along with it. And um, so, you know, I see, uh, it, you know, the, the fact is most people that seek out financial planners or financial advisors are probably closer 
I'm more on the spectrum of we'll have a choice to retire. So, you know, they've done some planning or some savings. <clears throat> they have some you know, longevity expectations and they're trying to figure out if they can stop working. So, um, and, you know, they think they're going to have enough money to still maintain a comfortable lifestyle. So, you know, see a lot of people, you know, let's, let's say you're 59 to 60 years old and we, we do the projections and say, okay, do I have enough? And when we run the numbers based on current savings, social security, you know, maybe a pension, um, it pretty it's pretty clear that you have enough money to retire. And use a simple example. Let's say you had a house that was fully paid off. You had $2 million in the bank or in some type of investment, and you had you know $50,000 a year coming in from social security or pension. Um, it's pretty highly likely that you could live the rest of your life from 60 to age 100 um, without going totally broke. Um, you know, you might not be able to be buying a new Lamborghini every year, but, you know, that's a good chunk of money. That's a good fixed income. You have this house as well. You've got a lot of resources. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that, you know, what you can probably avoid going bankrupt or running out of money by the time you're you're 95 or 100 years old. Um, doesn't mean you should retire, but that is basically uh, the person that has the option to, to, to retire whenever they work. So when we when we meet someone like that and say, okay, we've done the numbers, you definitely can afford to retire. The next question is, is it the right thing to do? And a lot of times people that are in this bucket, they're also at, at their highest earnings potential. So, you know, you've been working, 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 getting raises, taking leadership advances, and now maybe you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And uh, the kids are now maybe out of the house, the wedding is paid for, the house is almost paid down. So, you don't have a lot of as many bills as maybe you had 10 or 15 years ago. So it's like, well, I could afford to retire, but they pay me really well to, co to come to this job. And it's something I enjoy doing and it keeps me connected and challenged. So I don't know if I want to retire. Um, and in that situation, you're still your greatest asset, even though if you had $2 million in the bank, your greatest asset is the ability to earn that income. And the hardest decision for people in this, this range to make is, to give up that income. So what I typically see, and I typically encourage people to do is, unless you have a force acting on you that's going to be greater than the desire to just get in your car and go to work every day, you're probably just going to keep going to work. And every year we'll run the numbers and say, yep, you can afford to retire. What do you think? Do you want to retire? Um, and the answer will probably be, oh, I'll go another year. And the reason they decide to go another year is that there's not something that's really driving them to step away. So it's not like they want to relocate to another part of the country where they can't do their job or they're not, you know, joining a, a band and playing their way across country. Uh, so they have nothing that's kind of motivating. So, you know, with the six to eight weeks of vacation they're getting and, uh, you know, the, they still get to see their grandkids, they've got time and flexibility to do the things they want to do. They're likely to just keep going. Um, you know, so if you're in that in bucket, congratulations um, and enjoy this time. And, you know, you know, our discussion is usually like, you know, keep going until someone pisses you off, uh, until you're just unhappy at work or something's, you know, building up that even though they're paying you good money, it's just not worth the time, the hassle, hassle the stress or whatever it may be. Um, on the flip side, we do have conversations with people that reach that point and they, but they really don't like their work. It's either high stress or higher physical demand. Um, you know, they've been doing it for a long time and maybe they're just getting a little bit bored or complacent. Um, so, in those situations, you know, we have the discussion, well, okay, well, you can afford to retire. You're 61, so you're technically not at Medicare age. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'll meet people that are in that range. They can afford to retire. They're kind of getting 
tired of their job, but they think they have to work till 65 to get Medicare. Um, and what we'll do is we'll run the number and say, okay, well, if you do step away, you have to buy your own health insurance for four years. But what's that cost? And how would that factor into your overall plan of an expense for the next four years until you can get on Medicare? And is that cost worth all the free time and the capacity to do things you want to do? Um, and then the third version of this is that, you know what, you're, you don't love what you're doing. You don't necessarily want to stop working, but you don't want to go where you're going anymore. You have the ability to take six months off and figure out, hey, I'm going to look for a, a different job or role that maybe I can do with less stress or less anxiety, or maybe I can parlay some of my past experiences in, into a consulting role or something new that might doesn't have to replace my current income. It just, you know, gives me something to do, keeps me engaged, maybe gives me some extra spending or travel money, um, but makes things fun. So, um, so, you know, if you're in that bucket and you're kind of thinking, I, I probably will have enough, these are the discussions that you're going to have with your advisor or with a, you know, a trusted individual to say, you know what, yes, we have enough, but is it the right time? And, and when is that right time? And if you've never thought about what comes next, really start doing some serious thinking about well, what would I do with a year if I didn't have to go to work? What, you know, who are the people I'm going to connect with? Who's going to, you know, what are the places I want to go, the people I want to see, and, and maybe start, you know, jotting those down and developing a game plan. Because the more clear that vision is, the more likely you are to make that transition and gain back your time. Um, that's, the, that's the one thing you never get more of is time. So, you know, even though you could keep going to work, you know, your healthiest time to maybe travel abroad is in that 60 to 75 range. You know, some people are lucky enough to keep being able to do it much later, but we tend to see people either physically or mentally don't necessarily want to get as far outside their comfort zone once they get into their 75s and, and 80 year old uh, ranges. Um, so that's scenario one. Scenario two, let's say you're 63, 64 years old, and you have probably just about enough. So when you run the charts and you says, okay, well, do I have enough, you know, based on uh, the Monte Carlo simulation or the, the, the assumptions I'm making, it looks like I'm going to have enough. I'm, my money may not be growing the entire time. Maybe over time it starts to dip into principle, but looks like I should have enough just to, to, to retire. Um, when you're in this situation, uh, you know obviously things can become unexpected. Once you once you leave that job, um, it's hard to maybe go back and get a job at that pay rate. So you know that's usually biggest people's biggest concerns. Well, if I give up the job that's paying me one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, my my sixty third birthday, if I decide to go back into the workforce six months later, I probably won't be able to get that job. And as much as uh, you know, there's laws to protect against ageism and you know uh, minimize those impacts. It's hard to say they're not there. You know, so you know uh, you you have to you know be aware that if I give that job up, I might not be able to get the same job back. So it's okay if you're going willing to go work somewhere else for less money, maybe a different role. Um, if you decide you want to go back to work, but you just have to make sure that's that's a, a key. The other things when you run those assumptions or what ifs, you're based on certain rates of return, certain spending habits. And, you know, I would challenge people if they're kind of close is really dig into what those expenses are, um, because a lot of times people find as they retire, some of the things they're spending money on actually cost more than they thought, or they, you know, they didn't factor in the, you know, a certain thing they tended to like spending money on. And all of a sudden, what they thought was an $80,000 year budget is really a $100,000 year budget. And, because that higher budget on a fixed income now starts dipping into your savings a little bit faster. So it might send that chart a, a different direction. And once again, you know, you, these charts are run out through age 90, 95, 100. So 
your other follow-up question is, okay, well, I have just enough, or maybe I'm kind of in that, you know, safe range, but I'm not sure if I'm, I don't have like, I don't have like excess money. I'm just going to kind of be able to be comfortable. Um, if you don't like your work, you know, you might say, okay, well, I know I have to work somewhere for a little bit longer. It just doesn't have to be here where I have to work 20 hours a week. Um, you know, cause sometimes people say, well, I, I can always get a part-time job. And what I found is that that's a lot harder to do than most people think it is primarily because once you stop working, you kind of enjoy not working. So going to work for somebody else again uh, is sometimes hard. Uh, and also trying to find a part-time job or something that's, you know, two or three days a week that is also in a similar expertise level that you might be accustomed to is also hard. You know, they want people that want to work full-time or there's certain tasks that have to get done. Um, so to then go and work, you know, some, some, something maybe a little more remedial, you know, maybe paying 15 or $20 an hour, um, if you're accustomed to making 50 to $60 an hour, it's tough on the ego. Um, so, you know, if it's something you truly love, you know, being the starter at the golf course or helping in the nature preserve, whatever it may be, that's a different story. But, you know, if it's just a job, you know, going to be a greeter at Walmart or working at Home Depot, um, if, if it's something you're not truly passionate about, it's really hard to, to suck it up and apply for that job um, because they also want you to show up on a regular basis and it's not nearly as rewarding or, or, or financially rewarding as your previous job. So if you're in that bucket, uh, uh, you know, you might be able to make it work. And uh, like I said, if you're thinking about that date and time, if you, you know, you, you know, you've got something very specific you want to get to, then you're going to probably be more motivated to make it, make it work. Uh, some of the, some of the adjustments you'll probably have to make is maybe on the expenses. So you know that, Hey, uh, I might in five years have to reduce my travel budget because although I assumed it was going to be okay, I hit a little bit of a spending habit or something changed. And, uh, I just know that down the road, I might not be able to travel, but Hey, you know what? My, no one in my family has made it past 80 and I want to, I want to make sure I get to Europe for a month. So I'm going to, I'm going to splurge and, and do these things now while I can, knowing that I might have to make some changes down the road. Um, so, you know, uh, you want to be careful about, you know, being um, held to whatever that chart says for the next 30 some odd years. Obviously, you want to use it as a guide to make decisions and, and setting your expectations around what, what could be and what might be. Um, but just because it says you have to work three more years so that the chart has an extra hundred thousand dollars when you're 95 years old doesn't mean you have to work those three years. You know, if you like what you're doing and you enjoy, you're still getting paid well. Keep going. Um, but if you're really miserable and you say, "Look, you know what? The charts I can't retire, but I hate this. Um, do I have to work till 65? Do I have to work till 66.8? Do I have to work till 69? Whatever the chart says." The short answer is, as I said earlier, is you don't have to do anything. Um, you just have to manage your expectations to know that if I do decide to take that leap of faith and retire, um, it might not be just, you know, all I might have to do something to supplement that or change, you know, have a, a five or 10 year strategy. And then knowing that I'm going to have to adjust that strategy after 10 years. Um, the last scenario is I see, uh, uh, I'm gonna, this is probably talking to most uh, civil servants, teachers, people with a government pension um, that have these formulas that say, well, I have to work till certain age to maximize my pension. And um, teach, I'm gonna, let's just stick with teachers. Teaching is a very rewarding, but also a very challenging role, uh, especially as, uh, you know, expectations on teachers uh, change. Um, so, you know, that job you took when you were 23 and you've been doing for now 35 years 
is not the same job as it's going to be for the next five or 10 years. It's also physically demanding, emotionally demanding, time consuming. So when you look and say, okay, well, I love teaching and there's nothing I'd ever want to do different. I'm going to teach until I die. That's fine. But sometimes you start to see teachers that have a little bit of a burnout. So let's say you're 55, 56, 57 years old. You've gotten your kids through school. You're looking at these kids and they're just, they just keep coming every year. There's new kids and new kids and new kids. And you're like, oh, I know I don't maximize my pension till 63, but I don't think I can do it anymore. Um, can I, you know, can I, can I afford to retire? So when you look at that um, chart, it says, well, if I retire at 58, I get, you know, 47% of my highest earnings potential. If I wait till 62, I get closer to 70%. So let's use $100,000 as your average salary, just to keep math very simple. So if you retire to 58, you get $47,000 a year. If you retire at 63, you get $77,000 a year. That's a or um, $70,000 a year. That's a pretty significant annual difference for five more years of work. Um, plus, while you're working, you're also paid and your you know, you know, health insurance and things like that. So, um, so that, that is, there's a good chunk of money on the table that by retiring five years earlier, you are giving up. Um, but you also, as you get closer to that number, you're now getting 60%, 65%. If you stop working, you're still going to get 60% of your pay. And obviously, you know, there's still taxes withheld and a few other things that come out of there. Um, but you also could then go and tutor or work in a private sector role or, or do something else for the next five or 10 years. So um, if you're in that situation and you're starting to think about, you know, the burnout factor and whether or not you can make this work, um, you know, if you just run the charts and say, well, if I retire, fully retire at 58 on 47% of my pay with what I've saved in my 403B and some equity in the home, and maybe I still have some debts to pay off. Um, the chart shows me running out of money at 79 or 82 or 85. So I really can't just fully quit, but I may not have to do this for the next five to seven years. So even though I'm, I'm going to be giving up something on my pension, I might be able to supplement that earnings longer because if I, you know, if I stop this at 58 and start getting 47% of my pay and I can make, you know, another 30% of my previous pay. So I can make $30,000 a year, but I can make that for 10 more years because now I have a new energy and I'm willing to work. I just need a change of pace. Working those extra years, even at a lower price point might make your graph turn to the right factor. So um, there's not a right answer for for any of these decisions. The, the, the importance is just starting to have the dialogue around, you know, just because the paper says I have to work to this age doesn't mean I have to. Just because the paper says I should retire at this age doesn't mean I have to stop working. Um, so, you know, I think as people age long, you know, see people living longer, the idea of retiring at 62 and being retired for 37 years um, could sound boring to some people. That's a lot of years of, um, you know, most people say, hey, I retire, I played all the golf I wanted to, and now it's um, a year later and I don't know what to do. Um, I can't imagine ever playing enough golf, but um, that you, know, you, you hear people tell those stories. So, you know, as you start to get closer to that age range, you really start having the dialogue and discussion about, okay, well, you know, if I did have enough, what would I do next? And if you don't have an answer for that, it doesn't matter if you have enough, you should just keep working because until you know what you're going to next, um, you know, stopping work too early will probably not you know, 
five years into retirement, you'll probably be like, oh, I wish I had worked one or two more years. I, I didn't mind it that much. I wish I didn't, I haven't done anything new or different or exciting since I retired. So I should have just stayed and taken a few extra bucks from them. Um, so really, are you, what do you ever, what are you going to be retiring to? Uh, and then also doing the math, say, okay, well, you know, I know I might live to 95, I might live to hundred. So I want to know if I've got enough, but you know, what if I only live to 85 or what if I spent 30% less or, you know, what are, what are my options? There's a lot of different levers you can move. So, you know, some of it is, you know, using, you know, the math behind it and working, you know, with the tools that you have or working with a trusted professional. Um, but sometimes it's also just using your gut to say, hey, look, I got my houses paid off. I've got a good chunk of money in the bank. I've got some income streams. I know what I like, what I don't like. I'm not sure if I, you know, if inflation stays at 6%, can I make this work? But I feel pretty good that I can avoid going broke. Um, you know, and obviously that's not everyone's goal is just to not go broke, but that's a kind of a, just an acid test, um, you know, to kind of get a sense of, of, of where you are and kind of an acceptable ranges. So, um, so when people ask you, when should you retire? Obviously, the answer is it depends and it depends on a lot of different things. And, you know, just because your neighbor wants to retire at 63 doesn't mean you shouldn't work till 75 or just because your spouse wants to work at, you know, work till 69 doesn't mean you have to work the same amount of time. Um, you know, it's kind of all these understanding all these nuances and making these tough decisions. Um, if you are 25 and listening to this episode, I would say, hey, you know what? Be aggressive and try to have enough saves so that at age 60, you can make the choice to go to work or not go to work. And in those next 35 years, we have eight different jobs and maybe change careers two or three different times, which is normal. Um, but really try to just say, hey, look, what would it take for me to have enough money at age 60 to make work optional? Um, and then I can really you know, decide where I want to leverage my, you know, my time. And because we all know with savings, the earlier you start, the more, the more it's going to be working for you later. And you can't get back the time lost by not starting earlier. So um, you know, retirement is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And there's, like I said, there's so many different nuances from the investment side to the healthcare side, to the life expectancy, to the, the social side and the, and the, uh, you know, the, the psychology behind it all. So I'm uh, happy to engage in more dialogue with anyone that wants to, you know, uh, reach out or maybe, you know, jump on the podcast and chat with me more about it. So um, hopefully you've got some good ideas and some, some, thinking points for, for anyone nearing that age or thinking about a little bit longer into the future, maybe engaging in dialogue with your parents. Um, and until next time. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.